Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm. And you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30, followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now, for the best part, let's get into the word. Because we have started a day in the presence of the Lord, all is well, and all shall continue to be well. In Jesus' name, we are more than conquerors. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Straight into um, our subject matter about altars i finished to speak about yesterday the requirements for raising an altar today i want to continue now in the definitions and explanations today i will deal with the definitions and explanations of altars as time permits us in jesus name number one an altar is a place according to the bible as i was giving you examples even from the hebrew language latin language especially from the very essence of the word of god if you've been following me for how it is defined in the bible in scripture now we continue to um to dig deeper in terms of definitions and explanations of altars and how it applies to us now an altar is a place where gifts sacrifices and offerings and worship are offered to god or deities to god or deities yesterday i spoke to you i gave you in um i, I told i gave you an example of um something that happens in that in in kenya that tree called the omogumo 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 tree that is so uh, and the enemy and most especially um, those people in in darkness believe so much in 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 those um, in their altars. Especially now you can see Kenya is a country that is so much uh, deepened in witchcraft, even in term, in terms of its leadership. Uh, you could see that men before presidents or any leader is a is elected into power. They have always to visit the mountain Kenyan region. And that is the Kikuyu region, the central region of Kenya, which determines who becomes the president of Kenya. So they have that saying, unless you come and bow to the Mumbis, Mumbis, um, Mumbis sons and daughters, you will not be able to take over power. And uh, whenever a Mugumo tree falls in Kenya, somebody in a... Um, reputable position somebody in a reputable position or a father or a mother in the land has to die and uh, i used to and you find many preachers believe in these things because those um people on the other side of darkness are believing those things and they begin to affect the nation and they begin to happen like i told you that um several people have constantly went to that evil place to sacrifice um, um, those trees they sacrifice wherever in every region or in every territory or, or, or province you find because Kenya has 43 um, 43 um, uh, counties or you, we call them districts in Uganda or for for here in, in UK we call them boroughs um, in the US you call them states but anyway they have to have 
you know almost like in the central region of kenya you find those mugumo trees that's where they are and daily people go there and sacrifice goats cows cooked food and you find people on that evil demonic altar of that mugumo tree um people going there on that altar as they elevate and sacrifice to that evil deity and then you discover that as people sacrifice to that tree there are certain men that have attempted to go and cut that tree without knowledge and it has been they have been affected they have been affected because in the realm of the spirit on our side of light maybe they are not deepened in their knowledge with god but also being able to have offered themselves as living sacrifices to a level that is demanded by god in order to be able to counteract what they're dealing with you know paul preaches the gospel and it comes to a point where these demons ask um the sons of skeva in psalms i mean in proverb i mean uh, in in acts of apostles 19 paul we know in jesus you know who are you so in the realm of the spirit, even demons have the capacity to question, well, who are you? Based on a, that's why um, um, there is an argument that has been taking place um, somewhere on a, it's a Bible school page, it's a Bible college page, and um, a lot of pastors and teachers of the word and apostles and prophets are on that page. And there was this one, they were talking about um, a couple of things. And then part of the things, one of the man of God was saying, but do you know why constantly, we, why should we be talking about a revival when actually, when in the actual sense, the church should be talking about consecration? Um, uh, or when we walk in consecration, constant consecration, there is no need for us to be talking about um uh, there was no need for us to be talking about a revival then because the two um the two are equally intertwined because when you are constantly cons being consecrated living a consecrated life then you are living a life that is actually um that is lively before god so the reason i bring this um one out is then another man of god came in and said you see the problem with uh, with the church today, we have stepped away from having come to Christ and converted. We have neglected the issue of constant of consecration because it is in this area that brings us to a higher level of maturity. And it is from this angle that as we continue to consecrate ourselves, this is what gives us a voice in the realm of the spirit. And even himself, God says that the, that the vessel that consecrates himself in Timothy, the vessel that cons consecrates itself becomes a vessel of noble use for noble tasks. In the master's house, there are many vessels, but not every vessel is used for the same services. Other vessels are used for ignoble services, whereas other vessels are used for, um, uh, for noble services based on the vessel's um, consecration. So the quality of consecration. So you see that in there, that the vessel that has consecrated itself, even in the realm of the spirit, commands a level, a level commands a certain level of authority. So the men of God that we obey, and um, uh, sorry, we admire, of course, we obey men of God as we obey them as the authority that God has, ra has raised over our lives and to give us direction to feed us. These men of God and women that we admire, these are people that have decided to consecrate themselves 
in a, to a certain level or, or to a, a deeper degree with God, consecrating, separating themselves from, from living, for separating themselves unto God from the world, from the pleasures of this world as they give themselves, as the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, that lifting our eyes um, and, and focusing on those things that are above where Christ seated. We mind the spiritual things. We mind the things. We mind Christ's business. And it is in this regard that even in the natural, when our consecration gives us our authority and the voice in the realm of the spirit, that's why you can find some people when they say, uh, when they say in the name of Jesus, and another person says in the name of Jesus, but the results are too different. And um, you find the kind of uh, level of authority that one wields in the realm of the spirit, even as manifested in the nation. We can see, even in our very own nations, we see various men of God. And as their ability to dispense and release the word of God is on another level, is on a different level. The, 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 the proof of the word, the backing up by heaven of that word of God that they, are, they, are, that they dispense, Take for instance, recently Pastor Guma was talking to us. Was he he was uh, teaching and then um, and then he said um, uh, in the sharing he says that he was marvelled as he went to Uganda and then on a Thursday and um, from five p.m. he saw the hundreds and thousands of people sitting down and on a Thursday for a funeral room, a funeral meeting and people coming hungry for the word of God in their droves in thousands seated, not excited about some anything else, but excited and glued to the word of God. Now, one may think that is just that is just um, that that just happens. But if you studied the, the discipline and the behavior of the man of God himself, the level of his consecration to God, separating himself to prayer, separating himself, giving himself to God. The kind of things, if you study from his early age when he decided to commit himself to Christ. Now, that level of consecration begins to give that man a level of a voice in the realm of the spirit, the level of authority, his voice. All of us are kings, but <laughs> we are kings on different pages. All of us are children of God, but we are children of God on different levels of consecration. So our level of consecration similarly or equally in the realm of the spirit affords us a level of authority. So it is my prayer that even as we learn about these altars, because the altar is simply a place of consecration. It's a place of sacrifice. When we talk Talk about sacrifice it is to offer that thing it is to offer is to offer that thing that you you seem to be loving at, at, that you seem to love at the expense of something that you value more than that thing that you love you see that's why most people can go and cut a mugumo tree when you don't have a level of consecration in, to your god uh, in, in comparison to the wicked man who has given himself over to his God. So, as, you see, sacrifice in the realm of the spirit, consecration and sacrifice, your consecration, your sacrifice, your sacrificial giving of yourself to God affords you a certain realm and level of authority at which you function and wield authority, whether in the kingdom of darkness 
or in the kingdom of light. We can see this, that even in the kingdom of darkness, there are dimensions and levels at, in which men operate. There are those who are able to astral project and move and astral project out of body experience without actually leaving their houses. The bodies don't leave their houses, but they begin to and to astral project and travel out of their bodies and fulfill assignments of the devil they without taking a plane they go and convene in meetings like many go and convene in utah in utah as far as utah <laughs> there's this man called moses you if you look for his testimony is moses um um he, um, he was um he had been assigned he was in the mormons it's on youtube his testimony he was um um, he had been initiated in the Mormonism in Kenya and his assignment was to begin to, he was to destroy churches, to destroy men of God. And uh, he was assigned to destroy one of the apostles, the leading apostles there, Apostle um, William Kimani. And it's on, um, on that YouTube, um, the testimony about Moses and uh, coming, assigned to go and destroy Apostle William Kimani. And, um, but how did he used to come? That day when he appeared, he had appeared without his, he had appeared without his body. He appeared in, in and they came 12 of them and with, uh, accompanied with other demons when they came to the congregation to come and uh, ensure um, that they captured the man of God. So before he steps into onto the congregation, they say, we'll capture him in the office. So when they came to target, they came forward. They came not with their physical bodies, poured um, salt and certain sea land, um, certain soil that wherever they, they in whatever their ritual demanded. So as he walks out, this will happen, blah, 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 and in the parking. So they had come that day <laughs> hoping that they will kill the man of God. And guess what happens? So he's now, when they showed up, he doesn't know how his body, as the man of God, started to pray. And he stepped on the altar and started to pray. He doesn't know how his body, where he left it, connected with the spirit and he found himself before the altar in the, in the, at the front there in the altar of the church. And this is where he began to, to, to speak violently. I had come for you. Who do you think you are? We will finish. And the rest of the other elders, they used to, they were the Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. The other elders who were with him because he was given 12, they were moving in, in, in number 12, 12 of them. Whenever they go for an assignment to attack a church, they astral project and out of body experience and got 12 of them. So the others fled and the demons given to him fled when the Christians began to pray and they found his body on the altar. And guess what? Now, this man used to convene in meetings in Utah, but yet physically had never left Kenya. Physically, he never left Kenya, but all the assignments, he would just go to his bed, astral project, and go. This is a guy who they had asked the sacrifice of his mother, the sacrifice of other people. And he used to, then the, the man of God asked him, how come you can come in, the, in, in our services and we say in the name of Jesus and you are able to hide yourself? And said, yeah, in some of those not on the same level of your consecration, we were able to do it because 
even when they say in the name, we say, there are many Jesus. We say when they say in Jesus' name, we say in Jesus' name, but we are not meaning the Jesus who died from Nazareth, and we don't always put the word Lord Jesus. We say Jesus' name in Jesus' name, but we don't say we're not meaning that Jesus because when we say Lord Jesus, that's when it affects us because it's the other one. Then I, I would be my body may come and 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 connect with me, and then these people will I'll be exposed. But that being said, I'm trying to say to us that. As we continue to consecrate ourselves unto God, let us understand that the vessel that has consecrated, separated itself to God, is also preserved for certain levels of, uh, of noble tasks. I had a testimony, I remember, of a man of God, you know, in Uganda, that there was a season that as people had HIV, whether they had tumors in their bodies, there was that season that... Um, when Apostle Vega would be called on the phone and the people have what, um, or tumors, or some of them are, were HIV and others even had a cancer. And as they just, he answers, he answered the phone, hello, immediately on the other side, manifestation took place. And by the time the person go, checks himself, the tumors has gone. And uh, when we hear such things, we, of course, we, de we desire, we desire to step into such realms. But one of the key things we don't realize that what causes such dimensions is the discipline, the discipline, the, that grace is manifested through the disciplines a man has set in place between him and God. The depth of his consecration, separation to God is what, for this is God desires for all of us to move in those realms. But it is more than desire. There is also discipline. So when we, the Bible say, when Paul speaks to us, brothers, I beg you by the masses of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. This dedication of our ordinary life, the surrendering of our sleeping life, waking up life, our work life, our lifestyle, and dedicated to God. And we mind God, the, the more we give attention to God, adequate attention, God will reveal his adequate intentions regarding our lives, regarding our cities, regarding our nations. And there is no any other shortcut, no way out. These are principles that we have to pursue to get to such a level. So that being said, whenever we talk about the altar, like I said to you the other time, that an altar, of course, is a place, even as I say today, in terms of definition and explanations, that an altar is a place where gifts or sacrifices are offered. I always love to, because I'm not English, an Englishman, I always love to... Uh, to look out for definition of things, to understand them, especially for me, who didn't go to school that much, so that's how I help myself. Now, I'm looking at this English dictionary here, and this is what it tells me, that an, a, a sacrifice is the offering of an animal or plant, or, a, or a, an, this is now the English dictionary, it says the offering, the sacrifice is the offering of an animal, or plant, or human life, or of some material possession to a deity, as an as in propitiation or homage. You know, so it also they also give you another one. The sacrifice it means the person or animal or thing so offered. So a sacrifice. 
That's why, you see, in a conventional business, many people don't have a problem to sacrifice themselves to other people. But pe that's why you see, the devil doesn't want you to see that as you sacrifice, you are as you give yourself to the things you are giving yourself to, the devil doesn't want you to see that you are giving yourself as a sacrifice to the things that you love, to the things that you enjoy. He doesn't want you to see that. He just wants you to see, oh, just, just, just that was just part of life. I just, that's what I, I love to do. That's something that I did. But it doesn't show you that it's a sacrifice. Because even the English dictionary here says that a sacrifice, what is a sacrifice? The offering of a person, animal, or, or thing offered. Now, in conventional business, on a daily basis, in conventional business, so whenever we talk about a sacrifice, it, their sacrifice, let me also say it according to my interpretation, is an exchange. It is an exchange that takes place for something that you consider to be of a, a lesser value, something that is valuable, but you consider to be of a lesser value to the thing that you are sacrificing instead of. So now, in conventional business, we don't have a problem. In conventional business, we trade our time for the money. We trade our time for the money in conventional business. There is an exchange. You take your mind. You don't go to work in the spirit. You take your body. You take your mind. You take your in intellect. You take your soul. All your imaginations You and your emotions are attached and the body strength, everything, and your spirit too. You take with you as you go to your employer and you give him on a daily basis, you offer to your employer eight hours. Eight hours and actually even break time. Nine hours you give. Even the, the hours you travel on the way. So you give all yourself unto your employer in exchange for the money. You are offering yourself in exchange. In a conventional business I've said we trade time for the money. Sacrifice is nothing else in the realm of the spirit but the trading of lives. You trade your life for a life. That's why Jesus says to us, unless a man takes his cross and, and follow me, he's not worthy of me. Take your cross. It says, whoever say, seeks to save his life, the uh, actual Amplified says, whoever seeks to save his lower life, he will lose it. If, 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 if you seek to save your lower life, at the expense of your higher life, you will lose your lower life. And he who, he who loses his lower life for my sake, he will, for the sake of the higher life, he will receive my higher life. So now you can see that it is an exchange. An exchange always for a lower life, for a higher life. So when we come to offer ourselves to God, we are always offering ourselves, we are giving over the lower life 
in exchange for his kind of life the supernatural life the higher life for you to be able to walk in the supernatural you have to submit the natural life natural life must be brought to the altar paul says i die daily what is he dying? He's dying to the desires of this world. He's, he's dying to his wishes and desires uh, so that he, he, he is dying to his will in exchange for the will of God. There are three types of wills in life. and they have, and, But the highest level of the will is the will of God. So there's the will of man, the will of Satan, and the will of God. So, but we, Jesus gets to Gethsemane and he says, not my will. He has to sacrifice his will to the will of the Father. And that's when the angel came and strengthened him to go through that nasty and horrible um, uh, um, season of his life to the crucifixion. But until he sacrifices his will to the will of the Father, the angel is not sent. There was silence in heaven. He says, mm, I don't want, he prays three times without having any response from the Father. Until, why? Because until he surrenders his will, the Father is not actually responding to strengthen him. But now as he surrenders his will to the will of the Father, the Bible says, and God sent an angel and strengthened him. Most of us, we, when we look at the things, we say, oh, by the way, that was Jesus. He, 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 he had to surrender his will. And when he surrendered his will, I was in him when he surrendered his will. So mine, I have surrendered my will already in him. I don't need to surrender any of my will. That is ignorance of a high caliber. Because the Bible says, as he is in this world, so are we. As he is in heaven, as he is in this world, so are we. So if Jesus constantly, if we say we are disciples of Jesus, meaning students of the lifestyle of the master and of his teaching, because a disciple is a student both to the master, to the teachings of the master and his lifestyle. So if as he is in this world, we need now to know how did Jesus live in this world? Because he came to show us how to live life victoriously or in the flesh, how we can be how we can be the extension of his life. He learned obedience. Jesus gave his will to the Father, surrendered his will. So, and, and the Bible tells us that we have been called to suffer just as Jesus suffered. But of course, we do not suffer to the shedding of our own blood. But for us, we are to give and surrender that aspect to surrender ourselves so that God can find expression equally in the realm of darkness. They are men and women who have sacrificed on altars, children to appease the devil. They have sacrificed. Sacrifices speak a lot because you see, there are dimensions God will not reveal to you. There are secrets God cannot reveal to you, though you are his child, because you don't command a certain level of consecration with God. And you say, mm, what do you mean? Look at your Bible. If the Bible tells me in Romans, the same Romans, uh, chapter 12, if you look at it in verse 2, it, it calls us after we have surrendered ourselves, sacrificed ourselves, um, 
or giving ourselves as living sacrifices, scripture goes on to tell us that we should not conform. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic and it goes like this. No, sorry, it's just Amplified. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the masses of God to present your bodies, dedicating all of your... The, the, the presenting of our bodies in the Amplified here means dedicating all of ourselves, set apart, Consecration is the setting apart, to, set your, to separate yourself from things of less value to, to, to God who is of a greater value. So set apart as living, not dead, but living sacrifices, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, which is your logical, which is your intelligent act of worship. You see, this thing is logical. This thing is is intellectual. You know, it's not um, haphazard. It's not, um, you're not scooped. You have to be intentional. You have to use, it's not something that you just find yourself doing. You must be intentional about it, about offering your body as a living sacrifice, which is the act of worship. But then verse 2 says, and do not be conformed, do not metamorphio, do not be conformed to this world, because the thing that you conform to is what informs you. You will only be informed by why, by what you conform to. So he says, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs but be transformed and progressively changed metamorphosis as you mature spiritually by renewing of your mind focusing the renewing of the mind is focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove now you see this is the part I wanted there that your initial sacrifice of the body giving of your whole self dedicating of your whole self unto God then remember this is what will bring you to a place to prove to discern for yourselves it says so that you may prove for yourselves that's talking about discernment what the will of God is there are levels you may not be even your spirit may not be sensitive enough to discern certain and to prove the will of God in certain things because the spirit man is so dulled by reason of your refusal to sacrifice your, your body or surrendering or dedicating of yourself unto God. Now, here we can see that you'll be able to prove the will of God, what the will of God is, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Bless the name of the Lord. So that being said, we're talking about here that an altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place where gifts, sacrifices, offerings, and worship are offered to God. And I went to my dictionary to check. You see, let me tell you something. We need to understand why Jesus, whatever Jesus did was intentionally to teach us. Why would Jesus stand by the basket when people are offering, you know, because wherever there is because we know that an altar is a place of offerings, a place where gifts, sacrifices, offerings, and worship are offered to God or deities. Most of us are so quick in offering worship of words. And um, 
but true worship is accompanied by words. Words in themselves are not worship, but words are the accompaniment to true worship. And somebody will say, what do you mean, Apostle? You see, worship, as I've always said, is a dynamic. Worship is a dynamic, meaning power, that is born out. This power is born out of a vibrant, meaning lively relationship, a vibrant relationship that one has with God minus words, minus singing. Now, we saw all of us, of course, in Genesis when I was starting the thing, and um, because now we are talking about the definitions and explanations um, an explanation of altars, we can't help but look at these things to, prop, to properly position ourselves and be able to understand what it is just actually this altar is. Now, we see ourselves finding ourselves the first time that word worship because an altar is a place where gifts, sacrifices, offerings, and worship, worship are offered to God or deities. Allow me to humbly submit this, that there are many children of God who have not understood worship. There are many children of God who have sung and have spoken words of worship, but they have never worshipped. Because true worship is not the words we say. True worship is only accompanied by the words we say. And somebody will say, hmm, okay. Now, because we have seen that worship is power. This power is born out of a lively or vibrant relationship that one has with God. How many of us know that for you to have a lively relationship with your spouse, there are things that you have to sacrifice, that you have to cut and do away with in order to have a lively relationship with your spouse? And if you continue doing those things, no matter how much you tell her, oh, honey, sweetheart, all this and that, it won't suffice. It won't make any, any, any it won't make any, it, it won't carry any weight. Simply, she'll say, you just keep saying words. He will say, you only say words. They're just empty words because they are not accompanied with lifestyle. Now, why am I saying this? Because in Genesis 22 and verse 5, that's the first place where the word worship is introduced to us in the Bible. And when it was introduced to us, it is connected with actually the essence of worship, which is sacrifice or offering. Abram said to his servants, settle down and stay here with the donkey. The young man and I will go yonder, will go over there and worship God and we will come back to you. And the Bible says in verse 6, it shows us, doesn't leave us guessing. The Bible shows us what kind of worship this man of God, Abram, was talking about worshiping God. Verse 6 says, then he took, then Abram took the wood for burnt offering. He has taken wood 
it is costing him something. That wood was carried for a journey. Allow me, let me first finish this. There's something that has just dropped in my spirit as I'm, as I'm saying this, but I'm going to come to it. Now, then the burnt offering for, um, the, the wood for the burnt, is, is Abram took the wood for burnt, for the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac, his son. And I want you to imagine for a moment You've got your own son. And I'm, I know, uh, imagine God has asked me to sacrifice my son, Ray, and I'm putting wood on him. I'm taking him that, um, to that mountain. I'm holding a knife, but I know that this is a knife that's going to slaughter his neck and I give him as a burnt offering. That journey, that process as it's going, separating himself from his only son, a son he has received in old age, and he has no hope of having another because this is the son of promise that as far as God has told him. Then Abraham, the Bible says, he puts um, the, 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 the wood for the burnt offering upon Isaac's shoulder and he took, um, and he took, uh, and he took the fire pot in his own hand and the sacrificial knife and the two of them walked together. Now, when he got to that place that the Bible is telling us he's gone there to sacrifice, I mean to worship, God uses the word, pardon me, worship, but truly, the man is going to offer his son. So to God, it is not worship until it has cost you something. And whenever worship is demanded, there has to be an altar. So therefore, worship is more than the words. Abraham didn't go to that mountain and say, Lord, I worship you, I worship you. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't, don't, from today don't use words. But they mean nothing if the lifestyle is not compatible, is not in sync with your words. That's why Jesus gets to tell us the same issue in Matthew chapter 15. We all know that in verse 8. Because worship has got to do with the offering of the heart. And now when we talk about the offering of the heart, we're talking about our lifestyle. So that's why worship is, uh, um, as I've told you, is a, a dynamic born out of a vibrant relationship that one has with God minus the singing. Jesus says to us in Matthew uh, 15, 8, he says, these people, these people honors me with their lips but their heart is far away from me. I'm reading Amplified. It says, these people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In other words, these people are expressing token, token commitment and not total commitment, just token commitment, not total commitment. So it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Can you imagine? Uh, that is, in other words, these are distant worshippers. Because if their heart is far away, their heart <laughs> is, is your life. It is you. So if their heart lives in a, a distant country and the lips are here, you are not connected. What is he saying? The heart in the Bible denotes your conduct, character, behavior, and attitude. So here, he says, so, but in vain they do worship me, for they, for they teach us doctrines, the precepts of men. Now, 
please let me um by the grace of god turn this thing to the message bible and see what it says it says these people make a big show of saying the right thing matthew 15 8 in the message bible reads like this five i mean eight and nine matthew 15 8 and 9. It says, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. So when your heart is not into the service you're offering to God, you're making a big show. So you can see, when in 2017, I was in, I was in, in I was conducting deliverance, and um. What I'm saying, I was, the demon manifested and I was casting out this demon from a person. And guess what in its living, as it said? It, it mentioned something and I said, shut up and go. Don't, don't, I don't want to talk to you. And this demon said, listen, neither do I want to talk to you. I am constrained by your master to say the thing that I'm about to say to you. I said, I'm not interested. You lying demon, go. And... Um, because I thought, look, I don't want to have conversation with you, leave. And then the Holy Spirit told me, can you shut up and learn what I want you to learn? And then guess what? This demon went on to say, you know, <laughs> every sacrifice your people give half-backed or whatever service you give to your master without your heart being in it, it is rejected. You know that scripture. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So when somebody does not give a living sacrifice, whatever sacrifice you give, but it is half-baked, not with all your heart, it is your master rejects it. And guess what? It becomes worship for our master. So whatever, re whatever rejected worship, because it's not given out of purity, out of pure motives and wholeheartedness, it is rejected. The sacrifice that is rejected by God becomes worship for the devil. So here, Jesus is saying, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. Verse 9 says, they act like they are worshiping me but they don't mean it they just use me as a cover up as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy so now coming back to this many of us have come but we don't we should approach the throne of grace which is the altar of all altars and understand but remember wherever there is we saw that now david when it came to harun the threshing floor that belonged to Harun. He says, I'm not going to offer a sacrifice to God that has not cost me anything. It, no, I'll pay it by myself. I have, you see, when it comes to consecration of your life, the offering of your life, no one else, my spouse, my wife can't, there's a place when it comes to this place of worship, it is personal because nobody else, not my wife, not my anybody, my friend can sacrifice he, my can sacrifice for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is me to offer myself. Nobody can offer himself for you. You must offer your own body because nobody carries your cross for you. 
you carry it yourself. There are places we cannot ask for. Nobody, there are places whereby in the realm of the spirit that you cannot delegate. Not the place of personal sacrifice and devotion you cannot delegate to someone else. Thank you, Pastor Guma, for Second Samuel 24-24. Now, you see, I want you to point this to you. Now, this being said, we need to understand that most of us, when we come to a place of an altar, the throne of God, and as I was saying to you, when David went to Harun and said, I'm not going to sacrifice, that's the scripture pastor has given to you, I'm not going to sacrifice, I'm not going to offer to God something that has not cost me anything, I'm not going to serve God without costing me anything. Some of you, it might cost you, your relationship with God, it has to cost you your sleep, you have to sacrifice your sleep to, to start these men and women of God whom you see coming on this altar and they teach you they have while everybody else is enjoying their sleep they are do you know what it takes the time it takes in preparation of a sermon and a praying not just to speak off your head but also you have to ask God something that is timely something that you want me would you want me to say in this hour not everything that I think I should be saying Lord guide me Lord lead me I'm available so now that being said you need to understand something here that David said it has to cost me something but that being put aside my point is this in that narrative. David, where when he discerned, when God answered him and, 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 and the fire came down and received the altar and God took away the plague from Israel, David decided to consecrate that place and if that's where he decided to build a house for God. That's where his son Solomon built the house, the temple. Now, this coming to us, today we God does not live in the houses of men. God lives in us. We are the temple of the spirit of the Holy Ghost. So wherever there is a temple, there is an elevated place for God. There is an elevated place for God. There is an altar. And altars we saw is an elevated place for God and to God for a place of sacrifice. Here, in your spirit, man, there is a heart. The heart is the altar where God meets with you. So the place physically, remember what I said yesterday, that the, the altar is, um, when I said when it comes to prayer, your place of prayer is not an altar because an altar is something that you intentionally, you intentionally do what? raise unto God. An altar is a place that is elevated or intentionally raised unto God, but, but it, differs, it differs from um, from just an altar. So the place where you pray, you must be intentional in raising an altar to God. But most people think because I pray from here, that's what makes it an altar, because that's where I lay down and pray. An, an altar is not a place where you pray. it's just not more than a, it's more than a place where you pray it's a place that an altar is a place like i said intentionally raised unto jehovah god it must cost you something you understand what i'm saying you are the temple your temple you're the temple of the holy ghost your heart is that altar where you meet with god because an altar is a meeting place with god this guy um um 
Jacob says, oh, God was in this place even I didn't know. This, this is the gate of heaven. But anyway, that being said, I want to focus you back on what I'm saying. Jesus goes and stands by the offertory basket and he observes men giving. And then he was able to measure the quality of men's devotion by reason of what they give to God. Jesus makes a statement and said, says, where the, the heart of a man is, where the treasure of a man is there, his heart also. What you treasure the most is where your heart lives. Your heart lives where your treasure is. If God were your treasure, then that's where your heart would be. And that can be proven not because of the words you say, but God is my pleasure. God is my treasure. Mm -mm. It is not what we say. So, worship is not in just the things that we say. Worship is connected. The, what we say is just the accompaniment of the offering. Because worship itself is the offering away. It's the offering a way of something that we love. Abraham, yes, Lord, take your only son whom you love and give him to me. Give me that life. Give me that time that you call your own. Can we have more time together? Can you make more room for me so that I can make more room for you? This is God talking to us. Now you see, when we understand the mystery, the meaning, and the spiritual significance of an altar, then it takes our prayer life to another level. It ceases to be the words. And I want to point you to what David says in Psalms 19 and verse 14. Because what is prayer? Prayer is more than the words of our mouths. Everybody can speak. But prayer is the meditation of the heart accompanied by the words of the mouth. The mouth, as in music production, is a mere slave. In music production, a keyboard is just we, there's what we call a slave. In music production, the keyboard becomes a slave, it, but the, the real heart is the PC, where you have the, uh, the sound card, which has all the amazing tunes and, you know, sounds. So you send the sounds from the PC and, uh, and then into the keyboard. So the keyboard will only amplify what the, what the PC has sent to it. So somebody can be amazed about this piano. Oh my God, it has such amazing, amazing tunes. Oh my God. But the tunes are coming from the PC where we have the, in the, the, from the, the music card on the PC to it. It's just in the music production, we call that slave. The keyboard is used as a slave. So it only amplifies and projects what has been put into it. Similarly, the mouth is a slave. Is a slave when it comes to prayer. That's why Psalms 19.14 says, Let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable unto you, my Lord and my King. The meditation of my heart. So if the meditation of the heart is twisted or warped or, or tainted or polluted, the mouth is going to project that. And guess what? 
and then you will see that your prayer is not moving things now it is important for us to understand today I may have given you one just one definition and explanation of an altar and even in itself I've not exhausted it because we see a place where gifts an altar is a place where gifts are offered to God or a deity children of darkness understand this it is anyone that is watching me children of darkness understand the principles and these principles actually God's kingdom evolves around the principles of his word and the wisdom is principle in the kingdom of darkness these people know how to honor their representatives nobody goes to a shrine or coven empty-handed and the bible says in deuteronomy never appear before me empty-handed there are people whose altars are dry because they are empty they don't have a voice your offering is what gives you a voice on your altar this not just words because why did jesus come to the offertory and observe because you need i remember i was in kenya 2017 ministries booming somebody just comes and gives me a jeep um a four-wheel a four-wheel jeep nice jeep and new and um as i was rejoicing thank you lord as i was being handed the keys the lord told me is as they're handing me the keys it's not yours that car is a coffin give it to so and so give it to your administrator i said what i'm telling you it was painful i'm saying god you see how i've been sometimes using constantly using border borders coming here my tattoos and uh, sometimes i walk earlier enough to come use that time to walk sometimes i didn't have the money because i've given the money to another child of god who needs money to feed uh, or somebody i've given money to take somebody to hospital to help them with a bill and i choose to walk to church i didn't live so far it would take me probably 45 minutes to 30 minutes to walk there or an hour if i walk walk too slowly but it would take me about at most 45 minutes to walk to church if i give myself time and i'm given a car and god says give it away and as I asked God, what? and I said, okay, then I asked him, why did you do that? And told me, because I wanted you, I don't want anything. I wanted to test you to see that whether I matter more than the car, whether you would sacrifice your reputation for my sake. For walk, still you are viewed as a man of God because this country views men of God as with big cars, nice houses, but for you, they see you walking on foot and you're on TV in Kenya, family TV, TBN. At the same time, they see you on border borders. And, and, and you walk through this humility for my sake so that you teach your sons and daughters coming after you. A man of God is not about the things that he has. It's not about the cars and all these other things. And I said, okay. So I until I have left Kenya, guess what? When most of us... As pastor was saying to us on Sunday, Pastor uh, Ruben said, you see, God is not lottery that, as you are told, when you give this, God is going to give you that. I gave up that car. I've served from 2017 when I gave it until I have come out of Kenya from last year. 
the pandemic when it began and I don't have a car and I've been comfortably using still border borders sometimes I jump into a matatu and because where now the churches is a bit far but I go into Ubers I go into matatus and I still come to church and my children until one time they said Papa you have shown us what it means to serve God that is not about these other things. We thank God who sent you to Kenya. Maybe sent you for us. And in my heart I said, God, I rejoice. At least I have now shown somebody Christ Jesus. But that being said, God one, it was it told me, I, you have found me when nothing no longer moves you. When money no longer moves you. When no longer cars and things in houses move you and I then if you are moved by me you have found me you have found me so now you come to the altar but all you offer you don't you don't service your altar Children of darkness know how to honor their men. When was the last time you ever thought that your pastor, at, the pastor needs shopping in his house? That you would say, even though he doesn't need. When was the last time you went and said, I'm doing shopping. I'm, give, I'm taking shopping to my pastor. As a sign, as a principle of honor. As servicing, appeasing the priest. Who serves upon that altar where God has assigned you? When you see visiting, you know church people have a tendency of seeing a visiting minister and they come and honor and give him, punch him an envelope. Eh? That is hypocrisy if you don't do the same for the man God has assigned before you. When was the last time you serviced the altar? But you come and honor God. Man of God, pastor, we honor you. Pastor, the way we thank God for your life. When was the last time you even, you even said, Oh, pastor, I want to take your children out. As you have fed us, God's children. As you have helped us to bring our children in the Lord. We also want to honor that. And most people think, it's only rakata brosida barasata brasa fire 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 and that's why they have no studied the behavior study the behaviors of the men you admire you will notice come closer the people that are so close to um apostle vega will notice that is a selfless man who will give to those around him that if money was in his pocket he it, and somebody has a need it is not gonna stay there I saw Apostle Balabiokubo, a young lady, I close with this, a young lady, it was in Lugogo Indoor Stadium. Those times I used to combine meetings with Pastor Robert Kayanja. And when he holds meetings, they used to be there. Now, Apostle Balabiokubo was in that Lugogo Indoor Stadium and um, a conference um, they were running. A young lady came and knelt before Pastor Robert Kayanja saying, um, Please, man of God, um, please, man of God, I, I would love to, um, I would love, uh, pray for me. She was a university student. I'm closing. Don't worry, I'm not preaching anymore. I'm just finishing with this wrapping up, then I'll let you go. And then this man, 
this young lady says, please pray for me uh, because I, I am being tempted to do what? To go and commit sexual immorality to sin. Why? Because there's a man, I'm at university, I don't have money for my fees, yet there is an uncle of mine who wants to give me this money, but he says I should sleep with him first. And I have, we are poor, no one has the money, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to do it to, to do you. So pray for me, God, to, to provide me money so that I should not fall in sin. Balabi Yakubo was observing because the young lady was talking to Robert Kanja. Robert Kanja reached out and began to pray. Shate Brozika, Father, in the name of Jesus. Balabi Yakubo just reached and held the hand of Robert Kanja, took it off the, the girl's head and said, what exactly are you doing? He had a golden watch that he had come with from Canada. He took it off his, his wrist and told him, do you see this watch? Take it to the jury. This watch can pay for all your university until you finish. It is very expensive. It was given to me as a gift. Go and not sin. He gave her the watch. Selfless is important. These are men that are selfless. Study the behavior. You will understand. For the sake of this soul's consecration and the purity, he gives away the watch to protect that soul. When was the last time besides your words you truly actually serviced your altar? Have you been worshipping or you have been speaking and singing? Pastor, we love you. You are our man of God. Oh, we are. Oh, thank you for serving. Thank you. <laughs> um, a place where gifts, sacrifices, offerings, and worship are offered to God. I think the church doesn't understand gifts. Maybe Gifts they understand when it comes to themselves and their families. <laughs> God, your altar requires gifts, sacrifices, offerings, and worship offered to a God or deity. Nobody goes to a shrine to see a muganga without nothing. After when people have seen a muganga, a witch, omulogo, that sangoma, and the things have worked for them, they go back and honor. They are not honoring a man, just a man. Until you honor a man that God has put before you, you will never honor God. True honor is for the one God has put before you. That's how God knows you'll honor him. The, I close with saying, the Bible says in John, how can you love God whom you've never seen when you fail to love your brother? whom you see. How can you honor God whom you've never seen when you don't honor the representation, the representative of God he has put before you? You are just a hypocrite. You are a good liar. So, as I close, we used to have cows and goats brought to these witches and wizards, sorcerers in our homes. You see chicken, you see goats, they have come to say, hey, Mutajaz, what you did, it worked. <laughs> I am promoted. They come 
to honor. Children of God, only testimony. Praise the Lord. A pastor prayed for me. I wanted this. Jesus says, go show yourselves. You remember the lepers? Go and present yourself to the priest and offer an offering. What was that connected? He was talking about in Leviticus. Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Principles can never be violated. That's why he says to John the Baptist, mm -mm, suffer me, suffer us to do all manner of righteousness. He did not compromise principle. So as you say, you are on an altar this year. <laughs> learn, learn from now. Share this message to every believer. Make sure that as pastor cuts out this message on the iPod, on a podcast, share it with every believer. I ask you any Shiloh believer here, share it with every believer in Shiloh because they must know. So that you must know, you know how to service your altar. So otherwise, this will be just mere words. Okay, let me release you for today. As I've only given you one definition. They're almost like, and they're almost like 20 or 30 definitions we will go through. But I feel this is not exhausted. We will speak, break offerings. A place of offerings, a place of sacrifices to the altar. I hope you are blessed. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, 